Welcome to Staying in the Black, a show about teachers and money. I'm Miss Black, a New York City educator, single mom, and personal finance translator. Join me as I build my runway to retirement. Each week, we'll share actionable steps, resources, and inspiration that educators can use to maximize their benefits and improve their personal finances. Staying in the Black means having more assets than liabilities and being able to pay off your debt without any problems. Stop living paycheck to paycheck and build a joyful life. Thank you for joining me. Hello and welcome to another episode of Staying in the Black. So last week we spoke or I spoke about estate planning Um, as educators. I felt, well, I feel, I know that we really need to make sure that our estate planning is in place. As we can see, you know, different things are happening at school and for a really long time, we thought we had a really safe job and, you know, that's something for police officers or people in the military. We have time to really reflect and think about it. Um, but the way these school, sh- school shootings are happening, you know, you just never know. So you want to get your estate planning to get together. Now, I've also been sharing and this week about my son's journey or my journey with my son as he is preparing to go off to college and what forms do does he need to sign out or do we need to sign and make sure are in place so that he's okay when he's in college and so that I have access to information that I have taken for granted um, as his mother up until this point because he is still a minor. However, in my case, my son will graduate from school um, on one day and the very next day he turns 18 um, and so would be considered or will be considered a full adult. All of this before he goes off to college. And the fact that he is 18 means he's an adult and for me to get access to his information, certain documents, forms have to be completed. And for my friends whose children have turned 18, even prior to them graduating from high school, they've already been experiencing um, this sort of thing. So they are, you know, on their children's uh, medical accounts and how that their children have turned 18, they received emails. You no longer have access to this file. Your child has to set up their own um, login and password into the health portal. Now, for some states and some insurances, like my son was offered this when he was 13. Uh, we live in, as you know, New York City. Um, and depending on your state, it may be a different rule. But definitely when they're 18, those sorts of things are put into place. So prepare yourself for that. The closer your child gets to 18, that there are things that you may have access to, including medical records that you no longer. Another friend, um, her son's 
bank account was linked to her account. And on his 18th birthday, she also received a notification from her bank that he could now um, unlink his account from her and therefore she wouldn't have access to even view it. Um, so those are things that you have to think about. And so in the case of the bank or medical records, you may get a warning. Uh, but once they're away from school, you may not get that warning. And you really want to be aware of what you have access to and what you don't have access to. So what are the forms or the documents you need to prepare as your child goes off to school? And so one of the things that came up when I was registering my son for the dormitories was insurance for his dorm and his dorm room and the things that are in it. So at his school, I believe I paid like $150 for the year. I liken this insurance to renter's insurance. Um, My son doesn't have a license or a car because I would definitely investigate to see if his dorm room could be covered under the car insurance uh, if he had that. And so if you have a child who's a driver, having the dorm insurance may or may not be a thing. But in my case, my son is not a driver. And so I purchased that insurance for his stay in the dorm. So in case there's a flood, some, you know, someone steals his laptop, those sorts of things, he would be covered. And so some of these things you may think, oh, is my child covered because under my homeowner's insurance, you have to remember at 18, your child is now an adult. And it's highly likely that they wouldn't, unless they're staying at home during their college stay, they wouldn't necessarily still be covered by your homeowner's insurance. So you would want to call whoever holds your policy and ask those questions. So we have insurance company, I mean, insurance coverage for their dorm rooms. Then you have a durable power of attorney. So durable power of attorney we addressed um, for you as an adult, but also for your child, because remember, you don't have access to those financial vehicles now that they're 18, like you did when they were minors. So just like a durable power of attorney is helpful for you as an adult, they are now adults and getting that durable power of attorney uh, will allow you access to their financial records. Now, the next form, so we have insurance for the dorm, durable power of attorney for access to financial uh, accounts and documents. Now, under healthcare, there are actually several forms or documents that need to be addressed. Number one of those is HIPAA authorization. So HIPAA says that, you know, medical facilities, personnel need to get the patient's permission to provide you with all of this information with all of their healthcare information. And so speaking to your child's college, because they may have one form, sometimes different hospitals have different forms. 
different states require different things. And so these are things that you have to think about, not only for the home state in which you live, but if your child is going to college in another state, getting these documents signed, you know, this document signed is really important. In my research of trying to figure out like what documents are important so that I can help my son as he's away or, you know, me being in New York and he'll be going to school in Maryland. I may not be there if something happens medically and the ability to email, fax or send something to a medical provider and say, no, I need this information or even to transfer his records from his current pediatrician to a doctor he may establish a relationship with in Maryland is important. So getting these the HIPAA authorization form signed, sometimes it's requested, it's required to be notarized. You know, look at what's happening in your state, not only the state in which you reside, but the state in which your child will be going to school. One that I had not considered and that had come up in my research, another health care form that came up that I had not considered or thought about is a psychiatric advanced directive. So if your child has already been diagnosed with a psychiatric issue, or if while they're in college, they are diagnosed, getting a psychiatric advanced directive signed is important because if your child is on medications to help regulate their mental health, they stop taking it because they're on campus. Having this information and it spells like having, being able to share this not only with the school, but also with their healthcare, mental healthcare providers and healthcare providers is really important. And it's very challenging to take care of these things when, when it comes to mental health, when they are now considered an adult. You have a lot of power when they're minors, but once they become adults, they're allowed to make decisions for themselves. So again, if your child has already been diagnosed, you definitely want to get this form completed. Some mental health issues are triggered um, by stress and different being in different spaces. And so it's a form that you would want to be aware of before your child goes to school. And if something happens that you know, like if, if you know, unfortunately they are diagnosed with a psychiatric issue so that you can help and you can support them and not that you have to not only fight the legal system to support them, you know, to fight the legal fight in the legal system to get support for them, but you know, trying to figure out what you have the right to chime in on or give support around health insurance. So thanks to the Affordable Air um, Cares Act, Obamacare, most of our children can stay on our insurance until they're 26 years old. Um, you need to check with your health insurance and see if that is the case. If your child's, if your medical coverage covers your child out of state. So again, if your child is going away from 
is living, um, going to school out of state, you need to make sure that your health care insurance covers them. So making sure that, you know, not only does it cover if there's certain doctors that they need to see, um, but also making sure if your health care insurance does not cover them, that they sign up for the university health care system, which is generally less expensive than even the uh, exchange, the Affordable Care Act exchanges that some states have. And don't assume because your state has a health care exchange that the state that your child is going to attend school in has one. So these are things that you have to consider health-wise. So we have HIPAA, Psychiatric Advanced Directive, health insurance. And then if you do have health insurance for your child, you want to make sure that you're not paying for college health insurance. So when you register for them housing and for school, make sure that you fill out the waiver for the health care insurance if your insurance, in fact, covers them while they're at school and they can have doctors in that state. That can save you as much as, depending on the school that you're going at, like 2000 you know, anywhere from 1500 to $2,500 in additional fees by making sure that you sign that waiver if your child is living on campus and attending school. So that's something that you could look, you should look for. And then similar to the estate planning, health, regular um, health documents, your living will, advanced healthcare directive, you need all of those forms for your college freshmen. So you really need to think of, you know, make sure that you, if the state that they're going to be in, as well as your state, do they need a living will? Do they need a medical power of attorney? Do they need an advanced healthcare directive? States, some states use these terms in um, interchangeably. In some places, they are distinctly different forms and you may need all of them. So really investigate what is happening for not only for your state where you reside, but the state that your child will be attending school in. So let's go over these health forms once again so that you don't skip any. There's your HIPAA authorization form. There's your psychiatric advanced directive, health insurance, the insurance waiver if your insurance covers your child in school, and then a living will medical power of attorney or advanced health directive. Those are all the forms that you need just for health care when your child is going away um, for school. So make sure that you get all of those. And there will be a list of all of these documents in the show notes as usual. So now that we've covered all of the medical documents, let's talk about the academic documents. And the form that you really need to make sure is signed academically is the FERPA waiver, which is the Family Education Rights and Privacy Act waiver. Without this form being signed, your child does not have to tell you what is going on with them academically. Not only do they not have to tell you, the university or college 
cannot tell you what is going on academically, which means you would know whether your child is doing well academically, whether they need additional support, or even if they're still enrolled. My aunt is a, or was a registrar at a college, and she told me a story that parents came up to the registrar's office to get documents about for their child um, to apply for a scholarship uh, because their job offered a scholarship based on GPA and they knew that their child wa- had the GPA to get the scholarship. They just needed a transcript. They had asked their child for it several times and since they were in the area, they thought, let me just stop by and pick up the transcript so that I can apply, you know, so I can just submit it for the scholarship. Lo and behold, this student was no longer registered at the school. They had been placed on academic probation and then uh, discontinued because they did not meet the basic requirements Now, my aunt said she was standing in the office and she could not tell the parent that the child was no longer enrolled in school because of the FERPA Act. And so somehow she called the student and she explained to the student that their parent was here and that they needed to get here and have a meeting with their parent about their academic standing. Um, All that to say how hurt the parents were to discover that their child not only had didn't have the GPA for the scholarship, but was no longer enrolled in the school based on their academic level. So what got that child there? I don't know. But having your child having access and making sure that they sign that form is really important for you to be aware, especially if you're paying for it, where they are and what's happening for them academically. It allows you to talk to professors if necessary. This is not an invitation to be a helicopter mom or a helicopter parent, um, mom, dad, guardian, but really to be able to support your child, especially in those first years around what is happening for them academically. So let's recap. You want to have insurance for their dorm, a durable power of attorney. The health forms are HIPAA authorization, psychiatric advanced directive. Make sure you have health insurance, the health insurance waiver if you do have it, a living will power of attorney or advanced health care directive. The academic form is the Family, edu- the Family Education Rights and Privacy Act or FERPA waiver. Those are the list of forms that you want to sit down with your child and make sure everything is signed and or notarized. And unfortunately, you may have to sign several of these forms. And what do I mean by that? You may need HIPAA for your state as well as for the state that the child is attending. 
you may still get to the hospital and they ask you, you know, to verify with their form. You could also have to not only fill out forms because you have it not only, you know, a hospital, but also on campus because they have a health care, a health center that your child can attend. It should be one should carry all over, but depending on the states and the policies at the university, you should also, these are forms that you can probably, many of them you can download yourself by state just by Googling them, but you should bring this list with you to school when your child is um, first gets on campus to make sure that you've signed all the forms if your school has forms different than what you have that then what you have to ensure that there's not a problem because in an emergency you don't want to fight over whose form is right or whether you filled out the right form or not and it I think it would be wonderful if schools just created a packet of all of these forms therefore you could just as part of your welcome kit when you're signing them into the dorm when you're dropping them off but these are things that you need to think about. So in addition to the forms that you need to complete to just ensure that you can support your child as they transition into college. And here's the thing. I'm speaking about these in the context of college. However, whether your child goes to college or not, these, may, these are forms that you would want to get completed because they're now an adult. And just because they're living with you doesn't mean that you have access to these documents. What happened is just as I'm preparing, I'm just thinking about these things. But really, it doesn't matter whether your child is going to college with the exception of the FERPA form. It doesn't matter whether your child is going off to college or staying or continuing to live with you or moving out on your their own unless they have someone else who is going to be their emergency contact and who they're going to designate to make financial um not financial and medical decisions for them these are the forms that need to be signed and so don't sit there like oh i don't have a college kid so this is not this is not important you know and you might be listening for someone else once your child turns 18, these are forms that you would need to ensure, to start them off on the right foot to ensure that you or whoever they designate can support them while, you know, as they enter adulthood. The next two items that I'm going to tell you about aren't required, but highly suggested. Register to vote. So, I know that one of the, what will be in one of the cards that I give my son for his birthday will be a voter registration form. They're 18, they're allowed to participate in the process. And depending on what state you live in, you have to be registered by a certain time in order to even to participate in primaries. In addition to that, you have to be registered to vote to request an absentee ballot. So it is your right. We talk about, you know, children becoming adults um, and having a voice in what happens to the country. And voting is one of the most um, powerful gifts that you could give them. So 
making sure they register to vote when they turn 18. And then if your child is not covered with your health insurance out of state, you want to make sure that you get in all of their medical and dental appointments before they leave. You also want to be mindful of scheduling annual appointments at times during when they're going to be on break in your state so that they can continue to be healthy and get whatever checkups that they need. This already came up for my son and I because we had our dental appointment and then we had to think about, okay, when do we think that he'll be uh, out of school uh, in October for our, our next visit? And I think we chose like Columbus Day. His dentist is open for that appointment because we already know that his dental coverage does not travel with him to Maryland. So those are the things that you need to think about. So I'm going to go over the forms one last time, and then we'll talk about the highest leverage step that you can take. And so insurance for the dorm room, durable power of attorney, HIPAA authorization form, psychiatric advance directive, health insurance, health insurance waiver, living will, medical power of attorney or advanced health directive, the FERPA waiver, register to vote and make all those medical and dental appointments if your insurance does not cover them at in the state that they are going to school in. So what's the highest leverage? First, you're going to take this, go to the show notes and take this checklist and start gathering these forms. That's the highest leverage step you can take is like really getting them and then making sure you sign them. Once they're signed, make sure that a copy of all these documents goes with your child to school and that they know uh, to keep them in a safe place. Now that durable power of attorney one, mm, that one's really a powerful one. And so you want to be extra careful with it. You having a copy of it um, and depending on how you responsible you think your child is or maybe putting in a safe deposit box in the state that they go to school on. But you want to make sure that there's a copy of all of these forms so that if you need them, you know where they are and you can utilize them to execute supporting your child uh, in whatever situation um, may happen to them. And so I hope that this episode was helpful to you and just thinking these are forms, whether your child goes off to college or not. Remember, stay in the black. I look forward to speaking to you next week. Thank you for joining us this week at Staying in the Black. Subscribe to make sure you never miss a show and visit our website at stayingintheblk.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at stayingintheblk. If you like the show, please tell a friend and leave a review in iTunes 
so that we can continue to bring you amazing episodes. Thank you for listening. See you next week when...